aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Flow Racing is the new home of NASCAR Roots Racing. Subscribe today and stream over 1,300 racing events live and on demand. See NASCAR legends, past, present, and future, battle it out in dirt late models, sprint cars, and more at your favorite tracks every week. Find your next favorite driver by going to flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. One more flexing of the muscles for Kyle Larson and the Valvoline Chevrolet. He's got the big lead in hand. No traffic ahead. Final time off turn two. Kyle Larson with those Valvoline sails in the wind. Comes up the back straightaway for the final time. Not being challenged. He'll dial up the outside line if it gets the safer barrier. Looking for the checkered flag as Ty Dillon spins in four. Ty Dillon goes all the way down to the grass right in front of the race leader, Kyle Larson, who gets through the smoke. Checkered flag is in the air, and Kyle Larson wins the Dixie Vodka 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway. I was I was in the dumps uh, leaving the Roval and and you know, driving home just embarrassed and disappointed myself that I let you know myself and our team down and. Um, then I found out we were still going for the owner's title, so I immediately got uh, excited again, and, and um, I knew we had some great racetracks for this round. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we get ready to head to the paper clip this weekend, Martinsville Speedway in Martinsville, Virginia. But we still have matters to tend to from Homestead this past weekend. It was the middle race in the round of eight for the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the NASCAR Cup Series. It was the final race in the round of eight for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. We're going to begin with Noah Gregson. Today, he made it a Junior Motorsports Festival over the weekend. He and the Junior Motorsports drivers did well in Saturday's Contender Boats 300 at Homestead Miami Speedway. Of course, Junior Motorsports will have two of their drivers guaranteed locked in. Noah's winning on Saturday after Josh Berry won at Las Vegas a week before that. Noah will join us on the show today. We're going to have a NASCAR Live Backtracks. We'll look back at the Dixie Vodka 400. We mentioned the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Ben Rhodes kept his hopes alive for a second straight Truck Series championship. 
by the hair of his chinny chin chin this Saturday, this past Saturday, I should say, at Homestead Miami Speedway. Ben's going to stop by. Plus, we're going to preview the Xfinity 500 at Martinsville and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with a check of the latest headlines in NASCAR. Kyle? Mike, a NASCAR Hall of Famer is returning to competition this weekend, but in a completely different discipline of motorsports. Tony Stewart will make his NHRA drag racing debut in Las Vegas. Stewart, who owns his own NHRA team, will not be driving for himself, however, but for McPhillips Racing in a top alcohol dragster. The debut at the NHRA Nevada Nationals is years in the making for Stewart, who has tested multiple times in a top alcohol dragster over the past few years. Noah Gregson will race for the NASCAR Xfinity Championship with crew chief Luke Lambert at Phoenix. And while Noah's tenure with Junior Motorsports will end with that race, his partnership with Lambert will not. Petty GMS announced on Tuesday morning that they have hired Lambert to join the team as Gregson's crew chief when he moves up into the NASCAR Cup Series to drive the team's number 42 car in 2023. And when we head to Phoenix to crown a Cup Series champion... Football royalty will lead the field to the green flag. Phoenix Raceway has named future NFL Hall of Famer and Arizona Cardinals legend Larry Fitzgerald as the honorary pace car driver for the NASCAR Cup Series championship race on November 6th. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll look back at the Dixie Vodka 400 with a brand new NASCAR Live Backtracks. And later, Noah Gregson will join us. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Cup Series returned to Homestead Miami Speedway for the first time in 602 days this past Sunday. The track once again provided why it's a favorite amongst drivers and fans alike. The race was full with an early dominant car, late race pit road drama, and a Florida native trying to secure his spot in the championship four. Let's take a look back at the day with a Homestead Miami Speedway version of NASCAR Live Backtracks. Race number 34 of the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series season is underway. It's the Dixie Vodka 400 Homestead Miami Speedway. They are off and running and heading side by side up to turn number one. Triple turn four, John Hunter Nemechek all alone out of third place. It swaps ends. He backs down into the inside safer barrier. Single car spin. John Hunter Nemechek, the third place automobile, just lost it off turn two. Kyle and right down on the white line. He'll come up off of turn number four to the green and white checkered flag. And indeed, Cole Custer will be scored a lap down, but should be the beneficiary of the free pass as the stage has been completed. Kyle Larson picks up the stage win. Trouble turn two. Chase- 
Chase Frisco is in the fence. Playoff contender. Frisco's got a tire down. He hit the wall and he hit it hard midway between one and two. And he put the caution flag in the air because we see it flying at the start-finish line. Frisco in the fence. First off, what happened out there? That driver just made a mistake. Uh, I was really, really loose. That run, I mean, really, we were really, really tight every other run. And that green flag run, we tried to get really, really free on the other side of it and just started tanking really, really hard, just hanging on everything I had. I felt like I was on ice. And uh, honestly, I wasn't even running hard. I knew we weren't going to get the lucky dog. We were just trying to get to the caution, trying to fix it up. And just kept getting freer and freer and freer. And I went to the corner, and I was sideways and had the wheel all the way to the right, and it just hooked me head on into the wall. So, yeah, just really frustrating. I mean... To have that be something on my own doing, and I'm better than to be crashing by myself. So it's uh, really unfortunate, but it makes our job easier next week. You don't have to worry about points, and you just go there and try to win. So, yeah, that's what I try to do. And stage number two is complete. Kyle Larson sweeps the opening two stages of the Dixie Vodka 400. Martin Trix Jr. will finish second in the stage. William Byron third. Ryan Blaney fourth. Blaney's Trouble turn great. two. Denny Hamlin breaks loose. He's into the outside retaining wall. Hamlin was challenging Ryan Blaney for second. He got loose, hit the wall hard. He's got it pointed, but there is damage on the FedEx Toyota. We're still under the green flag as Denny tries to soldier on on the outside lane. We are seeing green flag pit stops begin. Steve Post, let's start with you. Uh, William Byron came down, brought the car down to pit road. Todd Gordon just talked about how the lead that Kyle Larson has makes it risky to get on the pit road and how much time you lose. Uh, they lost bonus time down here. They dropped the jack. They did not have the left front tire properly affixed. They had to back the car back into the pit box and make sure that the left front tire. So a lengthy pit stop for William Byron at the precise time. They did not want a lengthy pit stop. Ryan Blaney has spun on pit out on the access road rejoining the racetrack. Blaney spun the car around. It takes him forever to get it refired and back underway. Well, Kyle Larson, the race leader, was slowing down, coming to pit road. The caution flag came out. His team, Johnny on the spot, told him to get back out on the racetrack, and Kyle Larson was able to do just that. We're working the caution flag for a spin on the pit exit by Ryan Blaney. They hit the Geico restart zone. Green flag goes back in the air, and we're racing again at Homestead Miami Speedway. 51 laps to go. Martin Truex Jr. with a fender out front. Ross Chastain gets a bump from behind by Denny Hamlin. It shoves him up the racetrack. He nearly gets into Truex. Hamlin will scoot through on the bottom. Denny Hamlin to the lead. Trouble turn two. Tyler Reddick spins off turn two. Inside, nose first into the inside retaining wall. Bounces off, spins 180 degrees. Tyler Reddick, solo crash off turn two on the back straightaway. And that will put us under the caution flag. It's only flown five times here this afternoon, and that will set us up for a shootout here at Homestead Miami Speedway. Pit Road was open, Truex came in as the race leader. He will not leave that way. Jason Toy. 
uh, came in and contact from the five car of Kyle Larson when he came into his pit stall. He was trying to peel off to his left. Same time Larson was trying to get out of his way to the right. Caught the left rear corner, spun him around, did a full 360 around in the corner, actually 180 around into the into the pit box. Hit the pit box perfectly. So they had to do the reverse roll around, had to put the fuel on the other side towards the grandstand, change tires. Luckily, he wasn't too close to the wall to be able to make the change, but he lost all that, all that track position that he had with that incident here on pit road and steve post it was very active on the front end for you uh, it was kyle larson won the battle off from pit road they gave a quick look to the front of the car to make sure there was no damage from that one and then they just absolutely nailed a flawless pit stop on it cliff daniel when that caution came out said kyle tell me what you need for 18 laps and kyle said i need to be just a little bit freer so they made a minor air pressure adjustment so no damage on the front larson won the race off from pit road and we'll see how we fare here over the final stage of this race and when he comes off of turn number four this time he is going to see the white flag one more lap here at the Homestead Miami Speedway. A dominating performance by Kyle Larson. All he needs to do is close it out as he heads to one. One more flexing of the muscles for Kyle Larson and the Valvoline Chevrolet. He's got the big lead in hand. No traffic ahead. Final time off turn two. Kyle Larson with those Valvoline sails in the wind. Comes up the back straightaway for the final time. Not being challenged. He'll dial up the outside line if it gets the safer barrier. Looking for the checkered flag as Ty Dillon spins in four. Ty Dillon goes all the way down to the grass right in front of the race leader, Kyle Larson, who gets through the smoke. Checkered flag is in the air, and Kyle Larson wins the Dixie Vodka 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway. Ross Chastain will come across the line and finish second. Martin, you had a dominant one. You had a great one here today. Take us through what happened on that pit road deal. Uh, yo. The sun's so low right now, um, and I had so much junk on my windshield, it's really, really hard to see my pit sign. And I just seen it late and um, slowed down and turned at the same time, and Larson just never checked up and, and basically just you know hit me in the ass and spun me out. So I wish he didn't. I, I know it's not all his fault. I, uh, it was partly mine, obviously, and um, I just wish he would have checked up for just a split second. He was still going to come out with the lead, but um, I don't know. It stinks, but what a race car to come from 19th to 6th in the last 10 laps or 8, 9 laps is uh, freaking rocket at the end. I think we could have done it if we could have started up front. Pit Road, Martin Truex Jr. coming down for that final pit stop. From your perspective, what happened? From my perspective, I, I mean, I'm not paying attention to where, he, where his stall is. I'm just waiting for him to turn. I'm just running my, my lights. And... Uh, he like started to creep left and then slammed on his brakes. So I don't know. I'd like to hear his perspective on it, because from I mean I'm just going I'm just going pit road. I don't they're not counting me down to his stall. So um, I'm just trying to run my lights and stuff. And I don't know if the, the glare got in his way or what, but uh, it seemed like he was late turning his stall. So I, I hate that I spun him out there. But um, this pit road's so tough to see. You know, you got debris on your windshield. The sun starts to set. It's blinding you. So. Um, I've missed my pit stall here before. I think my rookie, my rookie year here, I missed my pit stall. So it's definitely easy to do, but uh, yeah, I hate that. And that's what Martin said. What he told us the same thing with the sun and everything. Final question for you here. You talked about going to Phoenix. You're not in the driver's championship, but this puts you on the owner's championship. What would it mean for you to run for a championship for Rick Hendrick and try to get another one for him? Oh, it'd mean a lot. You know, I was, I was in the dumps uh, leaving the Roval and, and, you're driving home just embarrassed and disappointed myself that I let, you know, myself and our team down. And 
Um, then I found out we were still going for the owner's title, so I immediately got uh, excited again, and, and um, I knew we had some great racetracks for this round, so um, glad to, to get the win, lock ourselves in, I don't have to worry about Martinsville, and uh, can go can go chase that, that title, and, and that's that's a paycheck, really, that everybody goes for, too, so uh, hope, we can, hope we can get the big check. I speak for most of NASCAR Nation when I say it's great to have Homestead Miami Speedway back in the playoffs, and what a great mile-and-a-half racetrack that is. Coming up, Noah Gregson chats with our very own Chris Wilner, and later we'll look back at some of the mayhem Martinsville Speedway has created over the years. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This past weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway, the dream season for Noah Gregson continued. Noah scored his eighth victory of the year, and that locked him in to the championship four race at Phoenix Raceway. How is Noah feeling ahead of his final two races with Junior Motorsports? How is he adjusting to the Cup Series in his starts with Hendrick Motorsports? Our Chris Wilner chatted with Noah earlier today. Noah Gregson halfway down the back straightaway. Final time this evening at Homestead Miami Speedway. He'll dive it deep into turn number three with a five-car length advantage, a six-car length advantage over Ty Gibbs. Dominating season continues for Noah Gregson here at the Homestead Miami Speedway. Off four to the stripe. Checkered flag is out. And Noah Gregson has won for the eighth time this season. All right, no, well, let's get right into it. Uh, big win at Homestead this past weekend. Obviously, not only locking you into the championship four for a second straight year, but it's been a track that, and you've said it repeatedly, uh, one you've wanted to win at for so long. Statistically, it's been one of your best tracks. You finally got it done. Uh, what kind of weight was lifted off your shoulders there at, uh, in front of a great crowd at Homestead, and just how much did that win mean to you personally? Yeah, it was big. Um, obviously, with the hardship that we've been through in the past there, and then, uh, you know, to get the win this year, it uh, means the world to me. So, um, super fortunate, super thankful for the opportunity, and glad we could go dominate it once again and, and finally come home with the trophy. What was the celebration like after the race? I think, you know, you could kind of realize that. Uh, this year, you're now officially probably the championship favorite going into Phoenix. So uh, what was the kind of the post-race reaction like and uh, what kind of confidence does that give you now these final two weeks of the season? Uh, you know, I really haven't celebrated it at all. Um, I went straight to bed. I went back to the hotel, went to bed, and then ran the cup race the next day. The guy celebrated it. So um, I know they're excited, but uh, yeah, I did a job to you the next day. Your eighth win of the year nearly doubles your previous season best, uh, not to mention that historical streak we saw with four in a row uh, last month. What clicked this year, or maybe even just the last 10 weeks of the season, 
with you and your team. It seems like no matter what track kind of track we go to, uh, you guys unload super fast right out of the gate uh, and contend and obviously pick up wins. So what's been the difference this year or especially in the last probably 10 weeks or so? Nothing. We haven't changed any of our prep work or anything. It's just starting to go our way, you know? Absolutely. Now, going to Phoenix, obviously, you have a week to prepare. So with Martinsville coming up this weekend, how do you split your focus between, obviously, wanting to perform well uh, at Martinsville, a place you won this race last year, but also, you know, put your focus toward uh, having the best opportunity to win a championship in two weeks? Yeah, I mean, I just I just want to win, win races. Um, you got to lead two more laps this year. The last one at Martinsville, the last one at home, or at Phoenix, so... That's why I look at it. Um, we obviously are gonna leave more than that, but um, you know, it's, it's pretty simple. Just lead two laps. What uh, What do you like about Martinsville this weekend? Obviously, uh, it, it's a drama-filled track. It's a short track, especially this late in the season. We always get something that happens on the racetrack. But for you personally, what is it about Martinsville and uh, in this racetrack that that's kind of suits you? And obviously, you've won this race before. So, how uh, what's the confidence level going into this weekend? It's really high. Um, this has been a great round for us. Vegas is a great track for us. Homestead, Marksville, one in the spring earlier at Phoenix. It's just, they're all good. So, um, Martinsville, I just have been pretty naturally good there since my first truck start. I think we finished fourth or something. So, um, you know, it's it's been good from the get-go, but uh, it's, it's not going to be easy. So we got our work cut out for us. And then obviously looking ahead to the championship too as well, um, second opportunity to go for a championship. Do you feel like this year there may be a little bit more pressure to win the title because of all the success this year that you've had? Um, and maybe that if you don't, you know, was do you view it as not a successful season? I mean, I guess where do you rank kind of the pressure going into Phoenix this, uh, in two weeks? I just do my best and have a mistake-free day. That's all you can ask for. So um, execute it out. The result's going to be what it's going to be. It is what it is, you know. Um, it, hopefully it's standing on top of the trailer with the trophy, right? But, um, you know, I'm just going to go try my best. Be prepared. And not only are you running for a championship, obviously now filling in for Alex Bowman on the cup side, running extra cup races than probably what you were scheduled for, you know, at the beginning of the season, also having done the, the college 16 car. So uh, how much more comfortable are you with the cup car? I mean, we're kind of staring down the barrel of not only the end of this year, but you know, your first full-time cup season next year for Petty GMS. So those extra laps, those extra, that extra opportunity, how's that been for you working with Greg Ives and the 48 team? And, how much more comfortable are you in this cup car now that we uh, get close to February already next year? Yeah, I think Alex and his health and having him get better and just trying to do a good job for the Ally 48 team. It's, uh, it's a big transition to get in the next gen car and um, kind of been struggling with it. So just trying to learn it and adapt to it as soon as possible. And finally, um, obviously as we wrap up, you know, your tenure with JRM, just what has this season meant to you personally? Uh, I know you talked about this team has, has been family for you. Uh, so how special has it been? As, especially now as we begin to wrap up the season, have you had a chance to reflect and and uh, really kind of sink in kind of all that you guys have done together over the last several years? Yeah, it's hard to 
really sink that in the last four years. It's like time's kind of flown by. Um, and definitely going to be sad, but um, yeah, just special, special last couple weeks with the team. Um, just, uh, I don't know, it, uh, it's one of the things where you, you don't want to leave, but you got to leave, you know, um, and, but you want to leave at the same time. So uh, I'm going to miss everyone. appreciate everyone's hard work, uh, their friendship. I mean, they become family. So uh, just extremely grateful to have these relationships. Thank you, Chris. Coming up, we look back at the playoff mayhem Martinsville Speedway has created over the years. And later, Ben Rhodes stops by. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to YouTube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. If Talladega is the wild card of the playoffs, Martinsville might just be the joker of the deck. The playoff race has become the perfect definition of mayhem over the years. Some drivers have pulled a Hail Mary and won their way into the championship four, while others have been involved in dust-ups that ended their championship chances. Kurt Becker is here with a glance back at some Martinsville mayhem. The NASCAR Cup Series playoffs challenge drivers in a daunting manner, narrowing the field each week until only four drivers are left to race for a championship. And while every track is difficult, one in particular tends to cause its own brand of mayhem every year. Martinsville. The half mile causes trouble for playoff drivers and even ends championship hopes for some. For a prime example, one need look no further than 2020. It was the first time Martinsville's paperclip style layout had been used as a cutoff race, and it created havoc. Kevin Harvick had dominated the season, visiting Victory Lane nine times. Practically everyone had him in their final four and most likely thought he would win his second championship. But Martinsville had other plans for Harvick. Here it comes, Brad Keselowski. He'll come across the line and finish fourth. Further back, eyes are on Kevin Harvick and they're crashing. Kyle Busch and Harvick crash. Harvick will not get to the finish line. Hamlin passes him. Denny Hamlin will get in to the playoffs. Kevin Harvick will not make the playoffs. Chase Elliott would go on to win his first championship at Phoenix, while Kevin Harvick missed the championship for 2019 was equally chaotic. Several playoff drivers found trouble on the racetrack. Trouble off the turn number four. Kyle Busch and Eric Almarola were leaning hard on one another. Other cars get collected. Kyle Larson gets a piece of it. You got Kurt Busch with some damage. Jimmy Johnson has damage. Ryan Priest is facing the wrong way. Joey Logano, a little bit of smoke off the side of that machine. He's got a cut tire. He slides up the wall, keeps it off the safer barrier, tries to spin it out, saves it in turn four and continues. And two playoff drivers attracted attention after the checkered flag had flown. And we've got a conflict down here. We've got a couple of crew members down here. Denny Hamlin is arguing, fighting with a couple of crew members. So it's Denny Hamlin, and it looks like some of the Shell Pennzoil guys. I don't see. Okay, here's Joey Logano. He is John with Denny Hamlin. Logano and Hamlin, some security people. Chris Gabehart, the crew chief for Denny Hamlin, trying to. We'll catch a word with Denny. Denny, first off, what happened here after the race with you and Joey? 
Well, we were fine. We were talking, but then he thought he was cool and wanted to have the last word and do a little finger poke and then run away. So I don't, you know, if you want to talk, let's talk. If you want to fight, let's fight, but don't run away. Joey Logano, uh, a bit of heated tempers after the race. Your perspective on what happened? I got fenced <laughs> down the straightaway there and uh, just went to talk about it and was a little frustrated about the situation and just, uh, I don't know, I went down to talk to him didn't really get the answers I was looking for. 2018's race put Clint Boyer below the cutoff line, and Martin Truex Jr. spent the entire race chasing Joey Logano. Trouble, turn three. Around goes Clint Boyer on the nose of the Jimmy Johnson machine. They got into turn three in close quarters. Three wide, there was contact. Johnson up the racetrack, clips the left rear corner of the Clint Boyer machine. Here again, Truex on the move off turn two. Martin Truex Jr. has got room to the inside of Brad Keselowski. Here comes MTJ to the bottom. The battle for the second spot. They're side by side into turn three. Boy, it is on now. Truex down to the inside of Brad. They lean on one another coming off turn number four. While they do that, Joey Logano trying to get away. The problem is lap traffic dead ahead. Yeah, Logano's not going anywhere right now. Truex has taken the second spot. Martin Truex Jr. now puts the crosshairs on the back bumper of the Shell Pennzoil Ford. Logano closing on lap traffic. Here they come off turn number four. Joey Logano opens the path, gets around some slower cars right behind him. Truex and Brad Keselowski. And who can forget Chase Elliott's playoff dreams being crushed in 2017 at Martinsville. Brad on the outside. Chase Elliott will dive it down to the inside. Contact between the two. Elliott digs hard to the bottom of the racetrack. They are side by side on the back tra- on back straightaway. Chase Elliott to the inside. Keselowski to the outside. They bang. Keselowski all the way to the wall. Here comes Hamlin to the bottom on Elliott. Chase Elliott has the lead. Diddy Hamlin on the attack. And Kyle Busch is there as well. Here they come out of turn number two. Elliott with the lead. But Hamlin has a wheel to the inside. Elliott gets the drag off turn number two. Chase Elliott to the lead. Hamlin second. Kyle Busch. Oh, Elliott spins. And he slams the outside retaining wall. Chase Elliott spins out of, uh, in the late going and knocks the wall down in turn four. Just last year, Denny Hamlin was on his way to his fifth grandfather clock and securing his place into the championship four until Alex Bowman disposed of Hamlin heading into the final laps. For the leads, back in three. Bowman will not quit. He pounds it. Oh, he hits Hamlin. Denny Hamlin spins in turn four. Holy cow. Look out. Hamlin's coming right back across traffic. He thinks better of it. He'll cut the donut and continue. Hamlin, who would advance despite the 24th place finish, made his feelings known about Bowman's tactics following the race. Now here on the front straightaway, Denny Hamlin has slid in front of Alex Bowman. Bowman's coming up to try to celebrate. Denny Hamlin will come up and try to run into the nose of the Alex Bowman car. Bowman's the one that wrecked Hamlin. Which playoff drivers will find trouble at Martinsville this year? Will the championship four be a surprise combination? Only Martinsville holds those answers. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, Ben Rhodes will join us ahead of racing for his second Camping World Truck Series title. And later we hear from drivers like Denny Hamlin and William Byron on what they're expecting in this weekend's Xfinity 500. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This past weekend at Homestead was a pressure cooker for the drivers of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. It was their cutoff race to determine the championship four race next weekend at Phoenix. The fourth and final spot of that championship four went to defending series champion Ben Rhodes. 
That spot was claimed by one point over Stuart Friesen. What was Saturday like for Ben Rhodes, and how does he like his chances at Phoenix? Our Jason Toy was joined by Ben Rhodes on the NASCAR Live Zoom Hotline. Off turn four, checkered flag in the air, the 2021 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion from Louisville, Kentucky, Ben Rhodes picks up the championship. He is, for the first time in his career, a champion in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. It wasn't an easy run to get there for you. You had a great start to the season. Things kind of leveled off for a little while, and then you kind of just, you know, clawed your way up there. And take us through what happened at Homestead last weekend and how... Um, emotionally draining was that race for you yeah very much so i uh, i felt like when we unloaded for practice i said we are going to have to qualify good and right when practice started um we we didn't have the best short run speed so that was concerning for me i started you know getting on my knees there and praying for some rain and lo and behold here we had rain and qualifying it put us uh on the outside front row for the start of the race and that was a really big deal for us if we didn't if we didn't have that 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 luck, that opportunity, um, you know, I don't think we would have got the stage points that we would have gotten to get us into the final four. Um, so we started off on the pole uh, after Ryan Priest got a penalty and we were able to win the first stage. We finished fifth in the second stage. And at that point we were fading a little bit with speed, but we also had a really bad pit stop. And that took us back from fifth place to 15th. And on that next restart, we just had to claw our way back up through the field. And from that point forward, it was all green flag run. So, you know, going from 15th up to 6th, I think, where we finished, it, it wasn't easy, especially at a place like Homestead where the pace falls off so much. So I, I was worried, you know, and it seemed like every position I would pick up, Stuart Friesen, who we were racing for that last transfer spot, he was also picking up a spot. So it seemed like no matter how hard I pushed and how hard I tried, you know, the points just stayed even. So it was it was concerning, really. Um, but we started out how we needed to. And, and even though we tuned ourselves out a little bit, we put the speed back in the truck, which allowed us to get back up to sixth. And um, honestly, if eh, I, I don't I don't hate how the race played out. I wish it would have played out where I didn't have to work so hard. But I know in those instances, it's, it's always made me a better driver. It's always made me you know tougher mentally for when these these opportunities come around to to you know try to transfer into the playoffs it's it's never easy it, it never is when we look at things now for you you go on to phoenix and with phoenix you get the week off so is that a good thing to have the week off or not because before we've gone from martinsville to phoenix to to kind of get things rolling yeah i i like it um what's good about it for the truck series is the the, the simple fact that we are set up for, for this 23 race schedule. We're set up for races that are spread out. If you look back at our regular season, we had eight races in a row. And, and that really drained not only like our team, it drained every team that was in the truck series. Uh, your same guys that are going out on the road and working as your mechanics at the track, they're also the same ones that are building the trucks in the shop. So it's a ridiculous amount of hours that are being worked. And it's all for the love of the sport. But you need that time sometimes to develop the truck, to work on it, to massage it a little bit, work on sim. All of that stuff goes hand in hand and it does it doesn't happen overnight right so you need a little bit of a break to develop things so i'm fortunate for it i know my, my team is feeling that way too the truck itself is built i'm here at the race shop right now but this gives us a chance to um make changes and, and do some homework and just take it easy and methodical you know we're not trying to rush into this because it took an entire year to get to this point and we're sure as heck not going to rush into it right now 
Rhodes right up against the outside wall. He rides the cushion through one and two. Cleanly off the corner, hard on the throttle down the back straightaway. Ben Rhodes looking for checkers. What a performance. He was a bridesmaid last year in this race. Not going to be the case tonight. Ben Rhodes out of turn number four. He's your winner at the Pinty's Truck Race on Dirt at Bristol. What are your thoughts on racing at Phoenix? Obviously very special to you and picking up the championship there last year. You had a heck of a great celebration after the race and winning that championship. And I know you like running there. So what do you like about it? Phoenix to me is a track that... <sighs> Phoenix to me is a track that allows a driver to kind of take advantage of their race truck a little bit more. It's a track that has some unique characteristics to it that we don't see at other places that give you the ability to make something happen when you know maybe all of your other options at other racetracks will be exhausted. And what I'm talking about is the grip strip they put in turns one and two. I'm talking about the fact that one and two is so completely flat. You can go down the, on the apron and make passes. You can use that to help turn the truck. You can make um, passes cutting the, the front straightaway, short, short cutting it. Um, you've got the opportunity to shift when, the, when, when things get really backed up. Um, so for me, I think that it, it puts a little bit more control in the driver if you're willing to get creative and you're not just stuck in one lane um you can really move around and, and make something happen and heck we see it on the restarts there's six seven wide at times and maybe that's not the most comfortable thing but but, but it sure as heck beats running side by side or, or single file um I'm, I'm all for crazy wild racing when you're able to actually make passes doing it all right, you talked about uh, the owner's deal, too, and you guys are running for a champion. And I know that's what the owners love to have there, too, with the, to put in the race shop to display. But talk about your owner a little bit here before we wrap things up and Duke and Rhonda Thorson, who, uh, I, I to me, I think they should be Hall of Famers for what they've done and, and contributed to the truck series over its history. But how special is it to drive for a family-owned team like this? Well, I second that. I really do think they should be Hall of Famers as well. They are the longest-tenured uh, team in the truck series and they've got some of the longest running partnerships that are currently in NASCAR. Uh, they have built this team from scratch uh, off of a truck that they bought for a trade show back in the day for, for promoting their own business and then they said you know what we can race this thing. We can go out, we can get a driver, we can get a crew and they've done that ever since. They built it from one truck with, with one driver all the way up to four, now sometimes five with Johnny Sauter coming in. It's really incredible if, if you come up and see the shop at Sandusky, Ohio. They've done such an amazing job of getting this whole town to rally behind them and building something that, that rivals cup shops. I mean, it's it's truly remarkable what they've done. And I say in a short time, but it, but it has been a while. It's been almost 30 years now. Um, and like their commitment, I think, is, is unmatched in a lot of ways in modern NASCAR. The fact that they go out and they get drivers. They go out and they say, I like you. I like the way that you drive. I think that you've got talent. Come drive for us. We'll, we'll find the sponsorship. Nobody else operates like, like that nowadays. And we went through a terrible patch in, in history here where, uh, you know, the sport was looking for drivers that also found the funding. And you, you almost had to be a driver with a helmet sponsor. You had to have your own group of people behind you searching for sponsorship in order for you to get a gig at one of these race teams. And, you know, to me, they were the last true team owners. There, there's there's the fact that they go out, they pick who like who they like, and then they, they just get the job done on the business side. And they've always done that, which is why they've, they've been successful in everything they do. All right, you're racing your teammate in Ty Majeski, who's uh, one of the four there. So a 50-50 shot now, I guess, for, for Thor Sport and repeating as champions as a team. How do you race your teammate when it comes to a championship? I like those odds. Uh, no different. Look, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but we we Thor Sport teammates race each other extremely hard. <laughs> <laughs> there's 
A lot of good oh, Monday hey. meetings, right? Oh my goodness. Well, not really. We just know, we just expect that if you run around your teammate, you're going to get ran harder than any other, anybody else on the track. And there's something to be said for that. The fact that we all want to be the top dog, that we all want to be the one that brings the trophy home. But at the same token, we know not to hurt one another. We know that if there's an opportunity to, um, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to push this truck or this truck because you have a run you can't go three wide well you push your teammate if the lanes are even like don't don't hurt yourself but also don't take an advantage away from them so we're all smart about that so i'm not going to do anything to ty he's not going to do anything to me but we're just going to race hard and phoenix again is one of those tracks where you can race really hard and it's wide enough that you can race with respect and and i love that about that track so I think there's going to be plenty of respect on the track. I really do between the playoff guys. There's no reason to get bent out of shape until maybe the last five, ten laps. <laughs> then, then the gloves come off maybe. But, uh, you know, my teammate Ty is going to be really hard to beat. They've had speed at tracks that are very comparable to Phoenix. And obviously they won the last two, two out of the last three races. So they're hitting their stride when it counts. He's going to be really tough to beat. I like Thor Sports odds. I'm not saying we're not a, a great team because we are – uh, but I know my teammate, he's going to be really fast. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Ben. Coming up, we'll preview our return to Martinsville this weekend, and later we flash back to the 1982 Virginia National Bank 500. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The penultimate race of the season is upon us. This weekend at Martinsville, seven drivers will be racing for the three remaining spots in the championship four. Kyle Ricky is back with what Denny Hamlin, William Byron, and Ryan Blaney are expecting. We have reached the penultimate race of the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series season. This Sunday, the sport heads to Martinsville Speedway, where after 500 laps, we will know the four drivers that will race for the championship at Phoenix Raceway. Heading into the weekend, the final of the four championship slots belongs to William Byron. Byron is clinging to that position by a mere five points over Denny Hamlin. This will be the biggest race of Byron's career, but he should go in expecting to advance after dominating the race at Martinsville back in the spring. This is Byron's first time heading to Martinsville with a chance to advance to Phoenix, and he is expecting one thing, chaos. Chaotic, I think, because you, you can't really pass. I mean, we had a good car there in the spring, and there were probably better cars than me on the long run that couldn't pass me. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be chaotic because you can't pass, and Anywhere that you anywhere that you have a hard time passing, it's going to create um, chaos or you know chaotic restarts. I, I should say, and people are gonna do things that they know they have to do because uh, you can't get the track position you know later in the run. So the driver who will be battling Byron all afternoon will be Denny Hamlin. Hamlin's up and down year will come to a head at one of his best racetracks. While Hamlin has always been a threat to win at Martinsville. He greatly struggled there earlier this year. Hamlin says that it has been difficult changing his driving style in this new race car. It's difficult. I mean, I, I, I've kind of gone through transitions for sure. Uh, I've always, you know, it's going to be hard to get me to apply the gas differently than what I 
have been doing for 20 years. It doesn't matter if I'm in a late model or Xfinity car or cup car, and it doesn't matter about the horsepower. I just I always do it the same way. It's just a matter of where do I search for speed in the car? Is it uh, corner exit, corner entry, middle of the corner rolling? Those are the things that are changing track to track, car to car. Another driver who has a chance to advance to Phoenix is Ross Chastain. Chastain put himself in a good position heading into Martinsville after back-to-back second-place finishes to start the round of eight. The 19-point advantage he has over Hamlin can easily vanish, though, at a place like Martinsville. Many have pegged Martinsville as the race Chastain needed to be worried about because of the list of drivers that he upset with his aggressive driving style over the course of the season. Going into this weekend, Ross says all he can do is just go out there and race. Go race. I think that's what's so great about this sport is uh, every seven days we, we pack up, move the circus to another town, and we do it all again, right? So um, I feel like I'm in a good spot uh, in the garage. You know, the summer was definitely tough, and I learned a lot from a lot of that, and um, we'll continue to uh, to learn and evolve throughout this, this sport and this series. It's, uh, it's incredible to race against your heroes, but it's kind of odd and humbling when your heroes get mad at you so it's been a it's been a learning experience for sure while chastain is 19 points above the cut line ryan blaney sits 18 points below that line heading into martinsville unlike byron and chastain blaney has experience in this spot this will be the third time that the team penske driver has entered the race with a chance to advance to the championship four blaney says he's learned from those past failures and thinks he'll have what it takes to advance to Phoenix for the first time. Uh, I mean, I still think there's, you know, things you can learn and take from previous years. Um, you know, going into Martinsville last year, uh, having a shot to, to make the final race at Phoenix, we had a great chance and we just didn't perform. Just didn't perform well. We weren't good enough and um, missed out. So at the end of the day, you have to approach it. You know, you try to approach it like any, any other race. Uh, but at the same time, you know it's not any other race. So uh, it's like a balancing act on on trying to stay, you know, as focused as you, you know, normally are. Uh, but you understand what's at stake, and and I think in certain situations you might approach them a little bit differently than, let's say, the spring race uh, at Martinsville. So will Blaney, Chastain, or Byron race for the championship for the first time in their careers? Will Chase Elliott join Joey Logano as a second former champion in Phoenix? Or could Chase Briscoe or Christopher Bell avoid elimination with a Hail Mary victory for the ages? We'll have closure on all of these stories after one of the most anticipated races of the season, the Xfinity 500. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we head back to 1982 and the Virginia National Bank 500 from Martinsville. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's time to fire up the old MRN time machine. This week, we're setting the dial back 40 years to the 1982 Virginia National Bank 500 from Martinsville. Here's a flashback. They're standing and pointing towards the starter stand. Harry knows the directions. They're just waiting out the time. Harry Gant takes it down into turn number one, a lap and ten car lengths ahead of Bush Lindley. That car looks like it's been opened up by a can opener at both ends today with the bump and bang, but he is into the backstretch and 
Travis Carter and the crew just waiting his presence. One to go. I wonder if anybody is breathing in that pit area right now. Here's Gant looking past us, looking for the white flag. White flag for Harry Gant as he flashes across the start-finish line, brings it into the south end of the speedway, and all 36,500 race fans jump on their feet to cheer him on as he goes out of turn number two and down the back chute. And you can say, look at that old bandit run, because car 33, the Skull Bandit, now in turn number three, he's slowed off the pace, he's waiting and watching for the checkers. Harry Gant comes out of turn four and takes the checkered flag to win his first Winston Cup Grand National Stock Car victory in over 100 starts. You can hear that classic race on MRN Classics this week and on MRN.com. This MRN flashback is brought to you by Mahindra. Race fans, don't forget to cheer for Chase Briscoe in the Mahindra Tractors number 14 car and race into your local dealer for big savings on Mahindra, the official tractor of Tough. We'd like to thank Noah Gregson for joining us on the show today. Also, we appreciate Ben Rhodes for stopping by. I'm Mike Bagley, and on behalf of the rest of the MRN team, we'd like to thank you for joining us as well. Don't forget, NASCAR Live wide open on Thursday. NASCAR Live race day back on the air Sunday for the Xfinity 500 from Martinsville. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was directed by Trey Downey and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.